This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Jeff Halley, Oanda senior market analyst for Asia Pacific. Good morning from London, Jeff. How are you? You're good and good afternoon from Singapore. Let's start with the latest from the markets where you are. Of course, we ended last week with a bit of optimism after that wheat deal was signed between Russia and Ukraine. But some negativity has set in uh, following those cruise missile attacks over the weekend. Yes, look, uh, Friday, Wall Street finished on a slightly softer note. I'm not really reading a lot into it because it's been so choppy over the last two weeks. I think it was a case of investors taking some risk off the table and booking some profits ahead of the weekend because as you've just alluded to with that cruise missile attack each weekend is not without um, some sort of potential risk events on the geopolitical circus occurring so russia and the ukraine signed a uh, turkish brokered deal to resume uh, wheat exports and other commodity exports from the Ukraine, from these Black Sea ports, notably Odessa on Friday. That was a, um, a bullish uh, a note for European equities, uh, and obviously it um, apparently downplayed some of this ongoing sort of risk uh, aversion regarding the, the conflict. Of course, over the weekend, Russia's own interpretation of that was to launch a, a cruise missile attack on the port of Odessa itself. And, uh, apart from missing some beehives, which I saw on one video somewhere, they also hit a grain silo. So now, of course, markets are starting to assume that this deal may not emerge the way that uh, it was originally hoped. That scene, Asian equities had mostly uh, lower in the, today's uh, trading session. But I think part of it is also this carryover from the slightly negative finish in Wall Street on Friday night. The Ukrainians were saying that they didn't really trust the deal uh, that was signed by Russia. And, uh, well, their fears seem to have uh, come to light, really, because uh, it doesn't seem that anything that Russia signs is worth the paper that it is written on. It is a strange thing to do, to sign an agreement and then uh, fire missiles right into the area what you're meant to be protecting. Yeah, I mean, I just can't read, unless it's sort of one half of the Russian military complex is not talking to the other half, and that wouldn't surprise me at all, but it does seem like a very unusual thing to do, to sign that agreement and then bomb the bomb 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 um, bomb Odessa itself, which is where most of these exports are going to be uh, exiting the Ukraine by. So, yeah, it sort of defies the expectation. And I think European markets rallied on this news on Friday, but uh, I'm expecting them to open slightly lower this afternoon as yet another dose of reality and Russia suddenly, you know, come to the fore once again. It's becoming extremely hard to believe anything now that they put their name to on paper. The FTSE in the UK has opened uh, lower and uh, we're seeing some uh, marginally lower uh, numbers in the rest of Europe as well, uh, Jeff. So, yeah, it's definitely been a negative start to the week, but uh, not obviously. Um, It is going to be a busy old week, plenty of data uh, to come up and earnings as well. Let's start with the earnings. What should we look out for? 
Yeah, look, it is the show with everything this week. It really is. And uh, I was writing in my morning note today that trying to pick the bones out of what would happen in the markets this week is going to be very challenging. So I actually said that I thought that Monday would be the quietest day that we're going to see this week. And that seems to be how it's playing out at the moment. After Snap and Twitter had poor results last week, their shares uh, were hammered. Uh, and, and that fed through to some of the other big tech giants. Uh, this week, we do have some of the really A-team uh, companies releasing. So tomorrow, we've got Microsoft and Alphabet. On uh, Wednesday, we have Meta. And on Thursday, we have Apple. Uh, there's a slew of tier one companies releasing this week. But I think most attention is going to be on those big four. Of those, I think Meta is probably the most vulnerable. Um, if they, they their, their stock price was hammered earlier this year when they um, put out less than stellar earnings for Q1. Uh, I think that's where the highest risk out of those four comes in, that their earnings this second quarter don't meet expectations as well. But you know, potentially any of those big four could drag down the entire NASDAQ and probably the wider US stock market and what will be a very, very busy week uh, with earnings and lots of other things going on. Yes, and those lots of other things include uh, inflation figures and the FOMC meets on Wednesday. Markets will have a close eye on that one, particularly. Yeah, the I mean FOMC is clearly the highlight of the week, and I think the market has now calmed down from these 100 basis point hikes back towards the 75 basis points. US uh, bond market is really starting to price in a recession now as well. We saw the uh, Bond yields on Friday move substantially low. We're talking 20 plus basis point moves uh, in the five to 30 year tenors. And even the two year has finally moved back below 3% as well. So it's pricing in a slowdown as well. Didn't support stock markets notably. Uh, that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, we've got um, the FOMC itself, uh, which will be released late Wednesday evening, European time, early very early in the morning, Asia time. Uh, but then we've got European inflation uh, numbers out later in the week. Uh, we've also got um, uh, US GDP numbers. And then finally on Friday, uh, we've got uh, US personal consumption, personal expenditure, and uh, also the, the PCE index. And that's a measure that the Fed very closely watches as well. So. I think uh, this week is going to be a really, really busy week. And that's before we um, uh, circle back to the geopolitical uh, risks that are around with um, obviously Eastern Europe, but also China. And uh, talking of China, they've um, been trying to get a property fund going, uh, the Chinese, but there hasn't been much reaction, apparently. It looks like they're going to um, create some sort of uh, um, property or a, a fund to backstop some of these uh, these um, financially sort of wobbly uh, property developers. Now, as we all know, the China property market has slowed down dramatically this year with the COVID lockdowns and the slowdown in the economy. It's put a, a lot of stress on the property developer sector and their finances. And Evergrande, the big daddy of them all, is quickly running up towards a deadline by the end of this month to make progress on negotiations for restructuring its offshore debt. So there's definitely a problem there that China tried to work out in the background. But as we all know, with this mortgage 
taxpayers strike from citizens in China and all this other stuff that's going on there. They're, it's getting to the point now where they can't try and just work this out quietly. So what they're looking at doing is creating a fund, which I think initially um, could be around about $44 billion. Uh, and uh, they'll pick and choose uh, which developers they support, but they will buy financial instruments off them to help them with their funding. Rather surprisingly today, we saw no reaction in China stock markets, actually. I thought it would be a bit of a positive for them, but clearly these recession risks in China and the rest of the world the stuff that's been going on with Odessa and in the Ukraine in the weekend is weighing on markets more than moves by China. Also weighing on markets uh, where you are, Jeff, we've had some new inflation figures from Singapore, haven't we? Yeah, and, and core inflation came out higher than expected, around 4.4%. So now the MAS actually announced an unscheduled tightening of monetary policy in July. Uh, they normally only meet twice a year in March and October to decide monetary policy. But so far this year, they've tightened in January, March, and now in July as well. Uh, still, inflation is not coming down in, um, in, in, in Singapore. And this is a trend that we've been seeing recently um, across Asia, where we've seen Asian central banks finally having to start tightening monetary policy as their currencies fall against the US dollar, a process that's still ongoing. Uh, so yeah, a core inflation came out at 4.4%. Headline inflation came out at 6.7%. Those numbers are well above the consensus. And so uh, we can safely assume that the MAS is locked and loaded for another monetary policy tightening in October. That's probably going to be a headwind for local equities over the next couple of couple of weeks. Um, but this is a process I think we're going to see more in Asia uh, over the next quarter, I think. And part of the, the fallout from that will be that if, if the markets, if, if central banks don't start tightening monetary policy, the markets will do it for them by selling their currencies aggressively. OK, Jeff, thanks very much for joining us this morning. We'll speak to you again soon. Have a great week, everybody. This is the Oanda Podcast.